All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. Good people of the internet, and it's time for OnComicsGrounds.com's flagship podcast, Panel to Panel, where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such. We are back here once again for this amazing show that we do every week, except for when uh, one of us is sick or some of us are sick. But we are here, and we are back for a brand new episode this week with some of the amazing comic book news and nerdy goodness that has been going on in the space around us, this nerd sphere that we live on called Earth where other things are happening, but we don't care about those other things. But we are here, and we are here to talk about some good stuff. <laughs> uh, my name is James Porter. Of course, with me, as always, is my uh, two lovely co-hosts. To my left, we have the man who is excited about some things that are coming on our other podcast, Blurred Grounds, but there's not a lot to talk about them, because that would be spoiling. But also, he's excited about next week's issue of Batman White Knight. Travis, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I got the Halloween shopping for the kiddos done today. Mm. So that's a nice stress off my chest. What they going as? She's going to be Elsa this year, but from Frozen 2, which no one has seen, but they somehow have the costumes for. <laughs> well, that's what they always do. Like They got to have those early costumes out for the kiddos and whatnot. Yeah, I'm, whatever. Let the storm rage on. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And then uh, to my right, we have the amazing woman who's been loving Batwoman as it's been premiering on CW. Mary, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. That's what's up. Just okay? Yep, just okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Don't forget to follow this podcast, folks, on Twitter and on Twitter, uh, like at uh, PTP underscore podcast. And don't forget to follow the website on Comics Ground on Twitter and Instagram at on Comics Ground. And check out the the, the website we, uh, daily, uh, every weekday on uh, on Comics Ground dot com. Put some hyphens between those words for us. And that way you can check out all of our reviews, previews and um, opinion pieces about the latest comic books that are going on in the world and some of our opinions on geek culture as a whole. So, let's get into it. Um, The latest thing that had the internet buzzing this past week. uh, I'll start off with the semi-interesting one, and then we'll talk about the stupid one here in a second. But the Marvel news we have going on right now is that Kevin Feige 
that man Kevin Feige has been tasked to take over the comics division as uh, as the new chief creative officer at Marvel. This is very interesting because over this, the the constant battles that we have seen over the years with things like Chairman Mike, like Ike Perlmutter, and like with, with issues like when it comes to d- different things involving the, like the, the 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 movies versus the comics, we've seen division and frustration when it comes to those. We've seen Feige have to be given more uh, like more power that way he can go above Perlmutter for certain things. But now we see Feige stepping into a different role, and, and I'm. I, I'm worried, and it, it 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 worries me even more that we're going to see comics evolve into more of a casual format rather than the stories that have been going on for so many years. Now, granted, that's not a bad thing entirely. Like, like making comics available for casuals is a great thing, and making it easier to understand for them is a great thing. But throwing out years of lore is also can be a bad thing as well. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Hmm. Who's going first? You going first. I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> La- ladies first. Me. Ladies first. Um, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this particular move. I mm. mean, financially, obviously, it is a fantastic business move for Disney. Like, I, I don't think they could have made a better business move than this. But at the same time, um, you, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to be frank. I'm going to put it out there. Like, look, as a gay woman, that kind of tends to be my primary focus is like, yes, while I do read all kinds of superheroes, all kinds of books, I'm, I'm a little gravitated towards gay stuff, you know, more than others. So what makes me nervous is that, you know, I have a lot of um, some of my favorite characters are, you know, LGBT characters from Marvel. And what concerns me is the fact that Kevin Feige does not have a body of work in that area that inspires confidence in me. Because, I mean, getting a gay character out of Marvel is like, it's literally trying to pull teeth. And then, you know, you get someone who really has done nothing with it. Like... Because the only times in the MCU as a whole that we've gotten that kind of content are from avenues that he did not have direct control over. Or um, if the rumors are to be believed in the case of like the Netflix shows, he just didn't like them. Because I know that there was the, um, the gender-swapped gay character in Daredevil. Um, I guess there was a gay guy in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then the foremost example of representation in their little, you know, collective pool is Nico and Carolina from Runaways. Mm. And those three elements, he, he didn't have a lot of, he didn't have direct control over. So that's where I'm worried. And a lot of people are saying that, you know, he has such respect for the characters. And, you know, I do believe that to be true. I do believe that he cares a lot about these characters and wants to do it right. But I think that's kind of the fun part of comic books versus adaptations is that you can tell a bunch of different stories. And I'm worried about it becoming homogenized. Like, I do see the benefit, so I'm using air quotes here, of that, but at the same time, it kind of takes the fun out of it a little bit. Uh, it, at least from my, 
least from my perspective. Well, and another thing that, that is brought, drawn into, into, into uh, concern is the fact that because of the censorship that we've seen over the past few years when it comes to, and then which ties back to the current issue at hand going on in the world of the Chinese government, hashtag fuck the Chinese mm-hmm. government, and we have the issue developing there where we have so much like in, interwovenness of the Marvel Cinematic Universe being brought overseas, like and we like th- that there could be shut down of homosexuality in general when it comes to like even the comics division. If by he's going into the comics with that mindset, that's a yeah. big ass concern. And not to mention from a Star Wars perspective, on top of all of this, Star Wars has uh, has just been like Disney has, has signed a deal with. A subsidiary, a subsidiary of Tencent, like a, the video game like conglomerate that's been having their hands in like Epic Games and Blizzard and stuff like that, which is part of the reason why there's the issue at hand of the protests and the Blizzard issue and yada yada. They've made a cut a deal with a subsidiary of them to bring Star Wars movies and comics and TV shows overseas for Chinese audiences. And that okay. like, like and there was this really creepy ass picture of stormtroopers on a staircase in China. And it had a lot of people concerned that we're going to see more and more censorship like across the board from Disney-owned properties. The Gross. fact that you have the stormtroopers that are representative of a totalitarian government <laughs> making a deal <laughs> with a totalitarian government yeah. does not make me feel good. Yeah. It right. does not make me feel good. Maybe they're trying to get closer to the source material for episode 9. We do not, <laughs> know, the, we, we do not know the power of the dark side currently. As, as Obi-Wan once said, I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> uh, Travis, what are your thoughts on all this? <laughs> um, I just... Ew, it smells like big business? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like... That's kind of what it is for me. Like, I, I, I get what Mary's saying. It's a great business move, but... At what cost? is would would be my question what like on it like i know it's good for the the fiscal part of things but what's what are we actually like paying here for this does that make sense yes yeah it's homogenized entertainment yeah yeah and that's if we're getting the same you know cookie cutter fill the mold serve it type of entertainment then what's to stop these other companies from following suit because Disney's a huge conglomerate. They have their fingers in a lot of stuff. So if it's successful for them and it helps out their bottom line, we could definitely see a huge surge of other like media curators doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't want to like throw like this entire bag of sand at Feige's head and like you're 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 burying the gaze, but like it kind of feels like he's getting ready to do that. And I'm in, in in a big way because now, granted, the thing that we are seeing from things like the Avengers game and different things going on that were sl- slowly starting to get diversity back in after all new order from Marvel got so shut down. But if Faye comes in swinging, we might see it just fully retract in general, and that has me concerned. Now, granted, there's still the rumors going around that. Feige fought hard for Captain Marvel and for Black Panther and whatnot. So there's a little hope in in terms of of what's going on, but it doesn't leave me fully supportive of the move going on. And there was even a report 
like not a report, like a uh, article on Bleeding Cool that was like, if Feige's the new head of the comic division, what's that mean for CB Sabolsky? Which, mm. to his credit, to his credit, Sabolsky, whether he goes under his Asian pen name or not. He has been doing good work at Marvel. He brought the four back. He's been slowly like bringing diversity back in. He put the X Men back on a damn pedestal. Thank God. Like, and he got one of the one of the best writers in the game to, to put them on that pedestal and possibly created one, one of the best polyamorous relationships of all time. And um, <laughs> if you don't know what that means, read the read X Men number one, guys. Um, but like, I just I'm I, I find myself concerned. That's where I'm gonna leave my thought on. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we kind of in agreement on that one? Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Very concerned. Okay. Cool. Hashtag I stand with Cyclops, Gene, and Wolfman. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, hey, man. If they do it, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be supportive because, like, the idea of what's like, the ship name for that? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I, well, I, we'll have to work on it. If anyone has an idea, let us know. But like, I just like, that would be the bomb for any, I, like for anybody. Um, I, I'm mad that I didn't uh, recommend X Men One last week. I, I for, uh, forgive me, people, because X Men One was a pretty damn good issue. All all of Hox Pox was just. <sighs> I'm, I'm excited for the future of the X Men, folks. Just to let you know. All right, so let's go into the the really stupid news. That arose this past week. So, if 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 anyone hasn't been able to tell from previous episodes of this podcast, I really don't like Rob Liefeld. <laughs> <laughs> and to, to, to find his his ass bitching and moaning on Twitter this past week has been kind of nice. And, and you might ask, what what do you mean, James? Well, I, I'm gonna tell you. So apparently, Rob Liefeld came out on Twitter and said that he is leaving Marvel. Like uh, again, he he came on Twitter and said, "So this will be my last uh, original cover for Marvel for the foreseeable future. After doing 100 covers the last few years, I'm taking a pause. I'm I'm also not continuing any inter- interiors uh, as I've put those on uh, those on hold as well. GI Joe Snake Eyes and creator owned uh, stuff is on my desk and." Okay, bye. Like, <laughs> like, like, my first thought is just like I, I, f- I feel like Craig pulling up on on, on the porch, just going bye, Felicia, because like I, I don't care. Like, literally, you created a a, a clone of Deadpool on on, on, a, on a Denny's napkin. I, I, I made, I made this joke last week, this past week on Blur Grounds too, of like, like he created Major X on a Denny's napkin, and then and then couldn't pay for his food, so he called Marvel and asked for a check. That's what the, that's what that felt like. You've been bitching and moaning at, at um, speculators about when the first issue of Major X, like first appearance, actually came out and bagged on the Spider-Man Deadpool artist. So screw you! You can't draw feet to save your life, and apparently you're saying all of this and leaving Marvel because of apparent bad business practices. And you didn't go into specifics. Obviously not. You, you, they wouldn't let you. Obviously, but. I, I really don't care. You can go do your your, your creator own stuff because I still hate you for ruining Hawk and Dove in the new fifty two. So bye. <laughs> I still hate you. 
I still hate, but do you see how shitty Dawn Granger looks in that in those covers? Like, do you see how those interiors look? No, like <laughs> the funny, like he, he didn't even write this book. But I, I was in a comic shop on my birthday uh, last week, like like the week before last, and um, I, I found a um a number one print of a Blackhawks number one from the New Fifty Two. And my initial thought was, how to ruin a relaunch 101. <laughs> and that's what Do- uh, D- Hawk and Dove felt like. So I I, I finished bitching. Um, uh, Travis, how do you feel about Rob Liefeld mysteriously leaving Marvel? <laughs> um, Man, how do I say this without getting us in trouble? Uh, I mean, I kind of already said what I needed to say, so you can do what you want. Uh, I mean, pick up an anatomy book? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's all I gotta say, man. Like, dude can draw, but his, like, look at this human body. It looks like an amoeba that you, like, filled with Captain America somehow. Like, (laughs) if you look at his gun barrels, they look like candy bars. They really do. There's a picture of an alter, a variant, a cover for Deadpool number one for um, Kelly Thompson that he drew, and it looks like he just wrote, wrote like drew the stupidest fucking gun possible and drew the worst feet for Deadpool. And I'm just like, brother, like, can you just stop? Like, can you just go take your money and go retire? And then he has the gall, the absolute gall, to like be on this hype train and like ride the Deadpool wave till it burns. Let, let me let let me let me let our audience in on a little secret. I may not like fourth wall breaking, Nolan North voice acted, annoying ass Deadpool. But at least I can say that Rob Liefeld had nothing to do with that iteration of Deadpool. The yep. famous version of Deadpool has nothing to do with Rob Liefeld. All Rob, Rob Liefeld can do is say that he drew the damn costume and made him a badass to begin with, or terms of like, or at least a '90s badass or '80s badass, where he had, like, or he was edgy and cool and he killed people. Otherwise, he didn't do shit for that for that well, character. The person that saved the character from cancellation and launched him into prom, into you know some kind of comic prominence was Gail Simone. <laughs> because they gave she's told this story on Twitter before they gave her the book at Marvel because it was a do nothing book so they're like okay here we're gonna cancel this you just write this we don't give a crap and she wrote one of you know I, I don't read a lot of Deadpool but it's critically considered one of the best runs and she saved the character mm. ain't so. that some shit that that cracks me up. See, and that 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 vindicates everything that I feel so so much. Thank you, Gail. Thank you for proving my point. That like we, we I remember when Deadpool two was coming out, and all all the racists were were throwing were throwing hay at Zazzy Beats, even though like I like yeah the Reeve and Aligo thing was cool, but like eh, whatever. Um, like the racists were coming after, her, and Rob Liefeld's like I I created her. I approve this, and I'm like yeah, you created her and drew her like a contortionist doll. Like, you didn't really help her much, bruh. <laughs> See, I feel like... I, I feel like Marv Wolfman kind of gave a masterclass in how to respond to things like that. Because when people were absolutely going after Anna Diop when she was cast as Starfire, Wolfman just put out a simple statement. He says, you know what? I think she looks perfect. And that go. was that. There you he, go. He Yo, didn't, like, speaking of which, they were so no, wrong. You're, they you're were not allowed so to speak until we get to the DC section, sir. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you're first. Don't, no. don't, we'll, we'll get to you. 
hey, hey, no, 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 no. She is a literal queen. She is. Granted, I, I, I prefer her Titan season two outfit because that curly hair don't work for me. But like, I, I, it's okay. It's okay. That yeah. red out. That red. That red uh, afro man. I, I love it. I can't. I, I can't. I, I, I'll get you that the wig is poor and they did her dirty. Yes. But. It it could have been better, and if it was better, it would have been awesome. Season two is better. <laughs> Season two is so much better. Okay, I can see the wig line on her where I'm at right now, and I'm like, oh man, like, damn it! All I know is I legit I legit squealed in Titan season one where they found the ship, and she said, and she gasped and said, "Exhale," and I'm like, yes, yes. just give me this. Okay. Anyway, we're getting off track. M- Mary, what are your thoughts on Liefeld leaving Marvel? <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna say something awful. I felt can suck a dick for all I care. Damn. I mean, I, I did some poking around and celebritynetworth.com has his estimated net worth for about two billion dollars. He has enough money. You know, he he's got obviously if you compare it to the rest of comic books, he's doing just fine. I mean, he will always sell his books will always sell sale. His books will always sell because 90s nostalgia is strong. And he has essentially made a modern career off of 90s nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So he'll be fine. He just, he, I don't think he knows what to do if he's not the center of attention. Mm-hmm. I, like, I think that's my big thing is that, you know, I, I think, and you know, this is speculation. This is me saying all kind of what I can only assume is libelous crap. I think he's afraid he is going to fall into obscurity. Ooh. Ooh. Because, I mean, you know, people constantly rip on his artwork, and, you know, it, you, that has to get to anybody. Like, I know he's jokingly called himself about it on Twitter, but he has a habit of blocking people who, you know, even have a small disagreement with him. Like, I think he's conceited. I think he has an ego, and... He wants to try and throw a bitch fit at Marvel, thinking people actually care. And I, I maybe two or three people. It's I'm exaggerating, of course, but nobody gives a crap. Like, and the thing is, I, like, I respect him for what he did for helping create image. But otherwise, I I don't I'm like like and yeah okay you cre- you created Deadpool and Cable so other people can make Deadpool and Cable cool. But, like, otherwise, I don't care. I mean, the most successful thing he did with Image was steal Jim Lee from Marvel. Yeah. Like, that was the most successful thing he did with Image was to steal the Marvel Golden Boy. So, I mean, I, I, I think he doesn't want to realize that his heyday has come and gone. So, that's my thing. I can't stand it. He can't draw feet. His weapons look like, uh, his gun barrels look like freaking candy bars. And it's just, like Travis said, pick up an anatomy book. Like, <laughs> you go look at that old Captain America artwork and it's so bad. It's where his chest is five feet in front of where his spine should be. Like, it's, it's, it's so bad. <laughs> Okay, so we we ripped on life out enough, but since we already know, like hinted at it, um, we'll, we'll go ahead and move it. I can do whole episodes <laughs> of just ripping on life. We out. could, we really could. Um, and we're gonna go ahead and tone it down from us getting so um very uh, vulgar, vulgar. But that, we save our vulgarity specifically for you, Liefeld. So I feel appreciated. Um, 
So I'm gonna get in so much trouble for saying that. No, it's, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> um, so we're gonna go ahead and move into the um, DC section of the podcast. There wasn't a lot of Marvel news this week. We're gonna go ahead and move into the DC section of the podcast, and we'll take a small break from the news department. And we're gonna go ahead and move into the uh, the, the 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 Travis has has a uh, fun thing to talk about. So Travis, hmm. you you recently yes. decided to take take the plunge and visit the um the F Batman side of town, if as it were. Um, oh yeah, what, what, yes. Wait, what? What, 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 I'm, what, what I'm talking about is that he he decided oh. to go watch Titans for the first time today. It was definitely worth Speak it. Speak on it. Speak on it. How, how uh, deep are you in? Um, I'm on right when the, I, I stopped myself because I, I wanted to ask you guys, do I need to watch Doom Patrol before the Titans meet the Doom no. Patrol? No. Okay. It's designed to be it's designed to be an introduction into Doom Patrol. There's even a different chief in the show, and it's really awkward when you see a different mm-hmm. chief in the show. Okay, because when be I was Dalton. I was watching through and it was like, they're gonna meet the Doom Patrol. I was like, hold on, I'm not trying to mess myself up with crossovers i'm gonna wait like, like literally <laughs> everybody from the doom patrol is on is in that episode except for different chief and jane because she was still doing orders of the new black okay well that's where i left off and so far i'm completely captivated by this show it is it is wonderful to say the least you weren't turned off by like, you weren't to... turned off by fuck batman no, because I understood Ooh, it. I completely right understood right that scene. Um, well, like, because when he shows up, he's like, you guys are done doing what you're doing. And they go, uh-uh, where's, where, where's Batman at? Oh, he ain't here. We're going to kill you. And then he's like, you guys, no, you guys made a mistake today. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was wonderful seeing, like, the... I know I understand they probably exaggerate the gore a little bit, but it was it was cool seeing that that real element to it because yeah they're beating the crap out of people, but that's actually gonna hurt a few folks, mm-hmm. and, and uh, some of them you're like ah man I know they're not supposed to kill people, but maybe that would have been the better choice for mercy. <laughs> See, this is the stance I have had for a long time. I refuse to believe no one has never died from Batman related injuries. Amen. Right. Play Arkham Knight, you run over any... people and electrocute them. Right, and anyone who has any knowledge of boxing is that when you're knocked out, if you lay there for more than like five or ten minutes, you're in a coma. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I, I don't remember his name, but a 27-year-old boxer just died from his injuries yeah, from a match. He did. Exactly. It, it, tragic. It is rough. But... It, it's super rough, but I mean... That's they get paid to punch each other in the face. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they don't I hit mean he soft. knew he knew the risk going into the ring. Yeah, it's it's not like football where they try to get them protection and we're gonna do half-ass things about it. No, they know they and and that's a whole other subject about Don King's Mandingo fights. Yeah. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> did did you uh, just say what I thought you said? Yes. Uh, so Travis, uh, what, what, uh, I, like your first, your first communication to me that you were watching this show was was, was that they, they they killed Raven's mama. You wasn't really okay with this, so speak speak on it. It was so like okay, I understood like they were trying to like it's the first episode, so I'm like, all right, they're going to introduce everybody, and so I start typing up a review, and I'm peeking my head up every now and again, 
listening to the dialogue and when I'm hearing the action, I'll take a break and just look. And so I'm watching and all of a sudden I see like Raven with her mom and she's just getting capped in the, through the back of the head. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this is episode it, it's one. A, <laughs> it sets the tone real fast. Yeah. Oh my god, and it it hasn't it hasn't slowed down. Like they have times where they're like trying to have you know the exposition to explain the story. Like a lot of uh, like with Hank and Don, there's a lot of that, We're but it's still really actiony. Oh. <laughs> Freaking love that man. That was the, the best flashback ever. I loved it. Oh, that dude. was it was pretty good. James, yes. when he gets to the hotel fight. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, you were gonna love the hotel fight. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm excited. I'm probably gonna watch that tonight. <laughs> like just the whole show, and then and then you start watching season two, and it starts getting better, and I'm just like, oh, and then oh, the the like. My, my, my best girl is coming for you, Travis. Just, just be, just be ready for it. Best girl, best girl. <laughs> and 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 um and and um, Mary may prefer her her um her mentor, but I I I I, I will I will stand by my best girl. Mm-hmm. Mary, do you know who I'm talking about? Mm, it's not ringing a bell. Who are you talking about? Donna. Well, I like Donna. I just like Diana more. I'm saying, like you prefer you prefer you prefer Diana, but I love Donna. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sitting here like I don't, I don't want to know when they come in. Try not to listen. Hey man, <laughs> this is the first time you never cared about spoilers, so I'm actually kind of impressed that you don't like you 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 actually care about spoilers for this one. Well, it's it's not that I like. Okay, don't tell me what the plot happens. I don't mind who comes in as a character because I figure it's it's a comic book show, so they're gonna throw the kitchen sink at yep. it. If I learned anything from this Hawk and Dove episode, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really just. Let's talk about erectile dysfunction, kids. Bro, they gave him ED right away. <laughs> like they didn't even wait. Like <laughs> I was just like, "Oh my god, Hawk is just I a sad dude." So like it reminded me so much of uh, Cry for Justice: Rise of Arsenal, where um, where Cheshire comes into the house like, "Why is our daughter dead?" And then they end up, they end up trying to bang, and then um, like he goes, "Oh, I can't get it up." <laughs> Man, it, it it was a combination of that, and I couldn't stand. I couldn't stand because okay. For those of you that have been with us for a while, you've seen our an, our animated avatars. Mine is Nightwing. Mm-hmm. So when when Nightwing is already be- bewitching people with his penis, I'm a little irritated. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus God! If I didn't need a drink before, I need one now. <laughs> like, You're not allowed. That's what happened. She was like, she was like tending to Hank, and it was so like loving. And then all of a sudden, he's thinking she's thinking a dick, and that's a pun. And I'm just like, no. Like, oh, no. <laughs> well, like, hey man, hey man, that, that 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 they were a thing, so it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, it felt good in the story when Hank comes in and he goes, "Oh, you're just gonna take what you want," and like it was just like this whole just like shit storm when he walked in the door. 
It was like, oh, they got a lot of history already. I, 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 was, I wasn't a big fan of the whole, like, Hank and Don are in a relationship thing. But then you're like, on top of that, Dick and Don were a thing, too. And I'm just like, this is too much. This is too much. Yeah, second episode. <laughs> no, I, I will give kudos to later in the season. They do say that Don has a sister, which means if they ever want to kill off Hank, we can call Holly. And that makes me very happy. <laughs> right if Alan Richardson wants to leave we can call Holly Granger and we can get our backup Hawk so yay <laughs> well Hank is supposed to be the whole you know masculinity has completely failed this guy <laughs> like, type of character <laughs> Mary, I, I, like, I've never like fully heard your thoughts on Titans and I kind of want to know oh I like it well enough okay I, I mean the the second half of the first season gets a little messy, but I mean, first seasons typically are pretty messy. Um, I like the characterizations. Um, I, I really do. I especially like Anna Diop as Starfire. Um, I am blanking on the actress that plays Raven, but I really like her too. Um, admittedly, I'm a little biased, but uh, episode four, I think, is the one with Doom Patrol. Yes. Um, I absolutely adore that episode. Just, I mean, kind of being able to see uh, Garfield interact with the Doom Patrol is honestly something I never thought I would see. Yes, that is true. And I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I'm a few episodes into season two. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to say too much to give too much away for Travis or for anyone else listening that hasn't watched it yet. <laughs> but it, is it? You know, Wolfman and Perez Titans? No, it isn't. It, it, it is not that. It is a... It, it's just kind of a gritty premium cable reboot. It's about as dark as Daredevil. Honestly, if you, want, if you, if you wanted to compare it to something, it's like if, if you took the Wolfman and Perez lineup minus Kid Flash, shoved it in like Jeff Lemire's Titans Earth 1, and then gave it the Daredevil Netflix makeover. Because, like, the, reali- yeah, the realism, that's... but, like, kind of in street clothes half the time, but, like, superpowers, but no cyborg. Like, that's pretty much how it feels. I think that's a really good way to put it, is that, um, and I'm going to compare it to the DCEU, and I know someone is just going to kind of, like, twitch, and I'm not talking quality, I'm talking tone. The fact that uh, the DCEU has tried very hard to cultivate a real world where superheroes are in it. And Titans definitely follows along with that model. And Doom Patrol does as well. And hell, so does Swamp Thing. That it is our world with these characters. So there is that level of real realism there that, frankly, I am a fan of. So it's just, that's part of what I really like about it. Like I said, I'm not trying to give too much away because I don't want to spoil anything for Travis. Okay. So Travis, you are definitely going to watch more, apparently. Oh yeah, I'm gonna finish this and then watch Doom Patrol and then cry while I watch Swamp Thing. Cause I watched a little bit of it and I was like, "Oh yeah, no shit, they blew the budget. This is amazing." Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no, it it is absolutely phenomenal. It is everything that you could want from a Swamp Thing TV show. See, I still need to finish Doom Patrol, yeah. so I, I, I'm I'm not that person. Um. Oh my god! I'm also, yes, high key, high key pumped for the uh, the animated movies that I haven't seen yet that are on there, like uh, the Death of Superman, for example. 
I heard it's Thanks. got a gnarly fight scene. I'm gonna sit, scene, my, so I'm gonna sit in my corner. It. I'm gonna sit in my corner. It's fine. Oh no, it, it is. It is damn good. It, it is damn good. James just doesn't like the animation. I don't like the animation. I don't. I don't like the universe. I hate it. It's stupid. It man, like, like, like. Let, let, let me make your brain hurt, Travis. Did you see uh, the, the 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 little like um leaked image of the lineup for the Teen Titans that's gonna be in the Justice League Dark Part Two that they're making? No, I did not. Damian Wayne, older than Connor Kent. Connor Kent's on the team because of Death of Superman. Uh, Wallace West. Um, Wallace, Jesus. In, a, in his silver <laughs> costume that he was supposed to be in during the New 52. They changed it and put him in the yellow suit in DC it. Rebirth. Um, uh, Raven, Beast Boy, uh, and, and then a Cyborg and Starfire. And it's very... Freaking! Oh, also, also, young Donna Troy to go with young Connor Kent, which makes no sense. Oh, and then Dick they just wanted to have the like, power couple like, together or something. They just want to have the power couple there or something. I always notice that they like try to have like these weird, like secret relationship ties. Oh no, it's in it's, these kind of movies. The, the entire weird new fifty-two low-budget animation movie universe is so screwed up that they don't even care, and they're just like, "We'll use whatever we got." That, that's that's what it is. And I don't. Oh, that's yeah. rough. Oh, that's garbage. So, like, while <laughs> yes, the, the the return and the rain are really cool, especially because Chris Williams plays Steel, and I love it. Um, the animation is rough. The like, and, the, and also. My biggest crit and that Mary like and you can give me this. The biggest criticism that I have for Death of Superman as a as a as a movie, I, I love the intention of it and I love like the, the emotion, the scenes. But the biggest criticism I have for it is that because of the lack of other things involving Superman in these other movies, there is nothing for you to gravitate towards of Superman dying other than uh like media osmosis. You don't care about this man. He's played by Jerry O'Connell in the really bad, weird, full suitless New 52 suit, and there's nothing to care about him. And that's what makes it not good to me. Your response. Oh, what? My response to that? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's subjective. I think you're wrong, but like... Let's battle! Let's go! Let's battle! <laughs> Why? Because debate it. <laughs> I, I I mean, it, it, it's just frankly, it's a matter of opinion. Like I do see where you're coming from. That you know, given the narrative in the confines of the movie alone, there hasn't been a lot of Superman. There's been a lot of Batman with these movies, mm-hmm. but there hasn't been a lot of Superman. Mm-hmm. But I think it's an incredibly naive and limited view to completely remove that from media osmosis. That it is just not something that the average viewer is going to do. And I think that's ultimately what the movie ended up relying on, which, you know, is not technically a good thing. But, you know, it it is taking the easy way out. However, I do think it's incredibly naive to think that, you know, someone is just going to, you know, uh, get horse blinders on and view it particularly, you know, specifically through. That's fair. I just like, I think another thing that goes with it too is. Like hashtag tie into the Superman animated series and and also Justice League that you and I both love. the The original Superman Doomsday movie that was released had the same animation style, just had a different voice actor for Lex Luthor, which was really weird. 
uh, I forget who it was. It wasn't um, Clancy Brown. Um, but because they use that universe as an anchor, it helps you care about it. Versus this, where there's a lack of Superman content, it makes you not, like, it made me specifically not, like, care as much. That's just... I mean, but that's the nature of an adaptation. That is literally why it is called an adaptation. Like... Right. I mean, like, you know, something is always, you know, something old, you, there's always going to be one person saying that this older thing was better. And, you know, that that's not a bad thing. Sometimes the older thing is better, but I think it's largely just a matter of opinion. I have a very, very strong connection to the Death of Superman story. It is one of my favorite things. Every time I read it, I still get teary-eyed mm -hmm. because, you know, I have, I have the single issue and, you know, it is a four-page spread when you open up the whole mm -hmm. issue. So I think that's that's what gravitated me towards it more, but I think it varies from person to person. Um, Wonder Woman Bloodlines also does a lot to kind of mop up that continuity. Like, yes, it is messy, but I would rather have them do messy continuity work than to try and stick hardcore to that new 52 continuity. Bloodlines? Is it so I think that's the same canon? Yeah. What? All of these... All all of these movies are in the same camp. The animation is so much different. I thought it was different. Wow. My yeah. mind just got blown. It's all in the same canon because in Bloodlines, um, they they briefly reference some things that happened in the Justice League movie. They reference Wonder Woman's relationship with Superman. Like, oh shit. It, there's a lot of there's a lot of rebirth in Bloodlines. There is a lot of rebirth in Bloodlines. It's pretty much. Um, you know, like, okay, let's take Greg Rucka and Phil Jimenez and Gil Simone and just dump it into a movie and we'll see what happens. Oh, but, and I, but like I said, I think that's my thing is I would rather see a lot of messy continuity work. And I think, you know, jumping back to the death of Superman and the reign of the Superman, because, you know, it's, it, it, they're, they're together, mm -hmm. basically. I think it's for people who are endeared to those storylines kind of a thing. Okay. I think that's why I'm in... I think that's why I'm inclined to be a bit more forgiving than you are, because I am a huge Superman fan, whereas you typically are not. Yeah, and I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. I also kind of have a hate boner on top of the fact, because, like, the rudeness and disrespect from Judas contract that they did had me just, like, going into Death of Superman expecting the same thing. So I, I, I might have to give it a rewatch. I mean, it's not a matter of who's right or wrong. I think, honestly, it's just a matter of opinion. Fair. Travis, did you enjoy that, that, that back and forth? Yes, definitely. <laughs> 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 okay, well, let's get into some of this other news real quick. Um, we, uh, we, uh, Travis and I are talking about this, but let, let's give some, uh, some more background for the folks who don't uh, listen to other podcasts, especially because Mary's here, and I've been l waiting and waiting to get M Mary's rant on here. So... Oh Lord, have mercy! So crushing my ability to smite fools, because <laughs> <laughs> because Mary's power of smiting is greatness. So this past week we got the announcement that uh, like for Matt Reeves the Batman movie that we had a casting for Catwoman, and it's being played by um friggin' my my brain just went hella fucking blank. Oh my God, come back! brain uh freaking sorry kravitz. uh zoe kravitz is playing uh, 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 i hate life i uh, i hate life right now. i'm too tired of this shit um zoe kravitz is playing catwoman and 
either you was really down for this or you was really racist about this. And <laughs> and like that, that those are the two responses here. Either you was like you was hella down or you was hella racist. That's how this felt. And like the, 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 there could be like those people that like try to be in the in between, but there, there's being a racist on this one. Where it's like I just I don't have any problem with black people. I just I just I just, I just want a white cat woman. No, no. And I want to return to the excerpt that that we that we we previously read, and we're going to to read it once again. Uh, it, it, this comes from a tweet from a person that we will not name because, like, it doesn't matter. And the the, the tweet goes as such: The Batman race swaps Catwoman by casting Zoe Kravitz. Hashtag not my Catwoman. Hashtag not my Selena Kyle. Hashtag too much coffee. Mm. And we've already begun the the, the new hashtag on Blurred Grounds. Hashtag all, all the, coffee. the coffee. But um, Mary. Smite this fool for me. If uh, if you actually scroll down on that tweet, you'll see my reply of just Eartha Kid as Catwoman rolling around. <laughs> that was exactly why I couldn't smite him, because I, <laughs> I went to go do the exact same thing and then saw Mary and then Eartha Kid, and I was like, man! <laughs> Mary, speak on it. I, it's just, I can't even. I mean, I saw someone uh, saying that they didn't like Zoe Kravitz because they didn't like her in the Divergent series. And I'm like, I okay, you want to criticize her. Season. Damn it, I love her in that movie. <laughs> but, but, like, if you want to criticize her acting ability specifically, that obviously that's one avenue. But if you're going to sit here and throw a bitch fit because it's not Anne Hathaway with boob implants kind of a thing. No, this is not shade against Anne Hathaway. She's just, I mean, mm. I can't exactly say Julie Newmar with boob implants because that these people probably don't even know who Julie Newmar is. <laughs> and she came back for the animated uh, Adam West movie, so yay, Julie Newmar. Mm-hmm. But, um... It's just, it is absolute fuckery. Absolute fuckery. <laughs> because they want to try and, oh, oh, I'm gonna, should I scale this back to PG-13 or am I unleashing? No, no, thou hast permission. Or am I unleashing? <laughs> thou hast permission to smite. This, we label this show explicit on iTunes, it's okay. Um... But these these people who are getting angry probably have no comic knowledge whatsoever. I think the extent of their comic knowledge is jacking off to Catwoman in Arkham City. Like I I, I, I guarantee that that is the extent of their knowledge. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and this is why we love our Mary. This is why I would agree. <laughs> and then, like, and I don't even bring it back. Okay, too much coffee? Excuse me? Yo, and, and another thing that, because of what Mary just said, why are we not jacking off to, to, to Kravitz as Catwoman? She's fine as hell. Weird neckbeard people, come on. Is it because you don't like black women? Is that your problem, racist people? Is that your problem? Too much coffee. Is, is, is there too much coffee for, for your erection? Is that, is that what's going on <laughs> And honestly, just the absolute disrespect to the history. Because it may have yeah. only been three episodes. But Eartha Kitt took those three episodes and created so much of what we love in Catwoman today. It was groundbreaking in the 1960s to see that. 
I mean, it, it was a huge middle finger to everything that was happening politically at that time. It, and to sit here and whine and cry about the fact that another black woman is playing Catwoman is ridiculous. And they can just go fuck themselves, in my opinion. Like, mm. Try to speak on it. I don't know. It's just, it's so, it's pure idiocy to me. Like, and even setting Eartha Kid aside, it wasn't very long ago that we had Halle Berry as We don't talk about that movie, but yes, you're right. It's just. No, I'm going to talk about it because it's still black woman, cat woman. You're right. (laughs) I just, I just stand Eartha Kid so. No, and the thing is, you're right. And the fact that Tessa Thompson played Eartha Kit in Drunk History. In Drunk History. point that Eartha Kit playing Catwoman was a momentous moment. I, I just said that momentous moment. I said that. And I'm okay with that. Yes, you did. But like the point still stands. <laughs> you need to get off your high horse and enjoy the coffee. Cause it's here to say, because not only do you have to put up with a black cat woman, you have to put up with a black um Commissioner Gordon, which means more than likely it's going to be a black or a biracial bat girl if we ever get to that point. So get mm-hmm. over it, guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. The absolute but James. James. Quit trying to erase redheads. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god, <laughs> bro. I just oh like oh, I, I, man. I, I, had, I had to hear round two of that when they announced the live uh musical version of Little Mermaid with Queen Latifah. I had to hear round two of that thing. And I'm I'm mm, mm, anger. So much anger. Not enough coffee. How about that? <laughs> Y'all if, woke somebody thinks, <laughs> if somebody thinks there is such a thing as too much coffee then like just no learn how to be an adult um, that's the most like backhanded like i remember there was a time when we, were, we would talk about diet racism and i ran into a lot of people who were like what's that what's that this this is that <laughs> that backhanded too much coffee just no, stop. Like stop. Like, this isn't an allegory for beverages. It reminds me when I when I uh, I knew somebody when the Black Panther movie was coming out, and so, and like there were critic all these critics saying it's so diverse, which is which is true. That like someone said it's not diverse, and it's a bunch of black people in Martin Freeman, and I'm like, bruh, yo, like, are you for real right now? Whoa, <laughs> all black people are from the same place, James. You didn't Apparently. know. Apparently, a bunch of black people is diverse, but okay. Like, not only when an all-black cast in a premiere Oscar-winning movie is not really heard of, like, mm, and it's a superhero movie, like, mm. Now, granted, the def- the dictionary term diverse, eh, but, like, in terms of cultural, no. And I mean, like, I feel like it's such a, a huge, di- like, because... All right, I'm speaking to the um, to the people that want to deny that Eartha Kid ever existed, or like what she did. But it's it's mad disrespectful to her legacy, not just to the character, but for what she went through as that character and just as an actress okay. in general. Adam Zeroni can curse like, all of your houses. Right, like, no one got that reference, but <laughs> you it's have okay. to come back for Madame Zeroni. <laughs> Mary, did you get the reference? Okay, I did. Cool. <laughs> you, know, oh, oh, you gotta, you gotta take her up the hill. Your family is cursed. T- 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 Honestly, um, I think my favorite Eartha. I'm just like this is completely out of left field, but my favorite Eartha Kit song is "I Want to Be Evil." Um, 
was completely out of left uh, field. But that was just so the, the the moral of the story once again is not enough coffee. All of the coffee. Racists are bad. All right. Racists are well, bad. Like, <laughs> apparently, like, I'll, I'll even steal one of uh, YouTuber Phil DeFranco's jokes. Apparently, the the, the new sto- the new story on on the ten o'clock news is racism is bad. No way. So, so let's move on from that topic. So there was the announcement, like we had heard, um, Mike Brian Michael Bendis announced it a while back, but we have gotten confirmation in the January solicitations for DC Comics that Superman is going to be revealing his identity in January in the Superman main comic, and th- the way Bendis phrased this. It's the same way he tired trope is tired. What do you say? Tired trope is tired. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like the the way he phrased it, it reminded me of when he was coming on to the Superman book, and it was I think it was either New York or San Diego a couple years ago, where he like talks about how he he was in the hospital because he had he had a condition, and he was like drawing Rogel Czar, Superman's new villain. And he was gonna make, like make a brand new like, origin for things and say that Rogelzar is the one who destroyed Krypton and it's this brand new idea that everyone's that no one's ever thought about before. And I was like, "Yo, Superman Earth One says hello." Like, like, like it, it, it feels like we're going right back to this because if if anyone doesn't know. Superman has revealed his identity multi and and, and re, like like given up his identity and his like U.S. citizenship of, uh, on top of that multiple times over the past few like decades, and most recently during the New Fifty Two. So, this, Bendis, you're not well, doing nothing new. In the New Fifty Two, it was Lois that outed him. That's true. So I, I like I, I guess you you went back to pre new fifty two for your, your your trope, but still, um, Mary, you, you uh, like, like you've already stated, you're more in in in, in knowledge of, of of Superman. So why don't you speak on this? Honestly, tired trope is tired. <laughs> like I I get I get what he's trying to do because you know for superman his identity is one of it is it is his most closely guarded secret i mean that's you know superman batman uh, almost any superhero their identity is their most closely guarded secret and superman is a symbol and to take that symbol and attach an identity to it that it is groundbreaking like not groundbreaking but you know in in con- in, in confines of the dc universe it's groundbreaking that you know this this symbol of hope is a person as well like it completely reshapes the mythos of superman within the dc universe obviously not our universe because we have always known he's clark kent yes but there is only so much you can keep doing with that and if we're still in continuity here, it's going to be really confusing because uh, when Dan Jurgens at the, at the very beginning of Rebirth, Dan Jurgens spent multiple issues trying to redact the fact that Lois Lane revealed that Clark Kent is Superman. Now, I'm sure that was probably undone by Superman Reborn. Yeah. But like at the same time, it is so counterintuitive because Mixie Spitalik was... Um, 
you know, masquerading as Clark Kent. And it was, it was just this whole thing. And, you know, not even five years ago that, you know, we did this again. And it, it's just, it gives me such a headache because it's the one thing that everybody says, I don't know. I feel like I'm losing my train of thought completely because that's just how tired this trope is. Because I, I would love to go through the 80 plus years of Superman's history and sit there and count, you know, how many times his identity was revealed, how many times his identity was threatened to be revealed, kind of a thing. It shows that and that is unless, running out of ideas. Yeah. And unless he can uh, pull off this massive hat trick, I don't see what it can be done. And I think, admittedly, that's the problem with some of these characters like Superman, is that you have just so much history to work with. I mean, you have closer to a hundred years than not of history to work with. Yeah. So, at that point, what else can you do? Travis, do you have any thoughts? But oh, I, oh, oh, Mary, go ahead. I'm going to cut you off. I was just, just going to say that my thoughts completely boil down to tired trope is tired. Travis, how do you feel about tr- tire trope being tired? Uh, <clears throat> I'm um I'm torn to be honest with you because like I I'm I'm a fan and a hater of tropes and the the difference for me is always how it's done. So when I hear about you know Superman being like everybody I'm Clark Kent, it's very reminiscent of Marvel Civil War one and Spider Man's big reveal to me as a whole, mm. and so I don't. It's not that, it's not spectacular, because tired trope is tired. It's not, and it's not happening in a new way, making it even more of an exhausted trope. And, I, I, and with how old Superman is, I'm not honestly certain if there is a new way to reveal his identity. No, probably not. You know? Probably I, not. I think, I, I think the new way that they did it, because in the New 52, Lois forcibly reveals his identity. Oof. So I think I think that was an interesting twist there to have, you know, Lois do it because she's always been romantically attached and so she's always guarded that, but that was the one instance where she could. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, personally, I, I think this, the smart thing as far as, like, if I were Superman, I would just forgo identity altogether and just be Superman all the time. See, we, we tried that already, though. Yeah, and... It didn't they go got well. Point where he was <laughs> constantly tired and didn't know how to function. Yeah, I mean, but why do that when you can bang Lois Lane? Mm. Like, come on now. <laughs> I mean, ah, oh, man. <laughs> why does it have to make people make the craziest life decisions? Like, reveal your identity or Lois Lane. Reveal your identity. Or right. Lois I mean, Lane. Can we all sit here and say that we wouldn't do the same? I mean, like, I understand you have a crush on Lois Lane, but like, can it be Erica uh, Dillon's Lois Lane? Oh my god, will you stop with no! that? No! Because I'm telling you, and we will fight to have this fight to the death. Erica Durrance is better than Amy Adams. <laughs> no, that's like, I don't care. I mean, she's not better than Margot Kidder. But, yes, but... of course, but like, as long as you can stand the fact that, that she's better than Amy Adams, I'm okay. Amy Adams is an Academy Award. Not I don't care. We will fight. <laughs> we will fight over this, James. The boiling. The boiling. 
oh, I just like that first moment she comes onto the show and you hear like the almost borderline Superman, the animated series voice. And then she has the sass and she nails it and it's perfect. And I love it every second. Like, yes, the whole thing of her being Chloe's cousin is freaking stupid. But then again, Chloe's in a sex cult now, so it doesn't matter. But like, I, you just, you just, Mary, come on. Nope. I am unshakable. <laughs> Travis, who's your favorite uh, Lois Lane? I will take Terry Hatcher before oh, Erica. Oh, oh, that hurts. Oh, mm. oh, my heart. Admittedly, I also do just really enjoy Terry Hatcher as an actress, but she even played uh, Lo- uh, Erica Dernst's mom in, in the show too. Mm-hmm. Why you gotta be like? Gotta... <laughs> I'm I'm corny. I like Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman. Personally, we're not even at Wonder Woman. What are you talking about? <laughs> I thought we were talking. Oh, Lois Lane. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm oh, totally on left field. That, like the Mary will kill anyone that says that uh, Linda Carter ain't the best. But like at the same time, like what if I told you I don't know enough Lois Lane to not even name an actress? I'm about to get stabbed. I'm gonna my head while Mary just shakes you in the back of the parking lot. Right in the neck, so I can't scream. <laughs> <laughs> away from that like from, from, from like from pretend shanking to someone we actually do want to shank because the reports have been revealed the past couple days this will be our last topic tonight folks don't freak out this will be our uh, the, the, the reports have been revealed that our favorite tattooed uh, laughing man himself uh who's about to become a bleached vampire rather than a, than a laughing tattooed vampire uh Jared, i'm talking of course about jared leto has been revealed to have tried so desperately, so, so desperately. If I may jump in real quick, Uh, just to cover our butts, none of this is 100% confirmed. This is all alleged, but, you know, we do believe it comes from credible sources. Let's just, you know, avoid lawsuits right now. Um, These are reports coming from from the Hollywood Reporter, so, like... Mm-hmm. I, 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 we, we, I'm just still covering yeah, it. Definitely, because like this could all be like like substantial and all that jazz. Especially because one of Warner Brothers has de- declined to comment on the situation. But reports are saying that Jared Leto tried so desperately to get the Joker movie shut down from its inse- like, from its green lightings, like from there and from when it was announced, that not only did he try to have like his agent who worked with, with the same agents as Phillips as Todd Phillips, the director of Joker, to get it shut down, he apparently tried to contact the the, uh, the owners of Warner Brothers, which Time Warner and now AT&T, he tried to contact them to get the movie shut down because he was so desperate to keep his version of Joker in the forefront of the DCEU. Jeez. Thoughts. Why, I mean... Jared? <laughs> I mean, like, I, we all uh, have those actors. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Mary. Go. Go oh. ahead. I was gonna say that we all have those actors that we know are douchebags, and Jared Leto is one of them. See, like, yes. See, I, I, when I first read this report, my first in, 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 immediate thought when I when, when I read this was, ar, 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 you, 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 you got you got beef. You 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 got beef. You got beef with, with the new Joker." 
You got beef with him, Jared? <laughs> you got beef? That's what it feels like, because it feels like you're 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 pulling your own self here and being salty that no one on God's ring earth except for the most like hot topic loving like Ren, I love hot topic, don't get me wrong. I was working my almost my t-shirts. But like like the stereotype of hot topic, like the freakazoids who like want the tattoos and, and want to have the abusive relationship with Harley and stuff like that. Those really crazy psychopath <laughs> people. Like that's like only they care about your interpretation of joker and even then a lot of them are liking the new joker over you anyway so i can feel your if we're being honest well go ahead travis if if, if we're being (laughs) honest jared leto's joker is not like he's in he's done so many other better movies and roles i don't know why he's so hung up on this honestly I think he's just salty that, like, apparently half of his stuff was cut from the movie because he thought it was going to be his movie, which, to an extent, I, I think they should have just copied the Batman Assault on Arkham plotline and just chased after Joker instead of uh, making Enchantress another villain with, with a giant death beam. But that's just me. But, like, like he, he I can feel this man's sodium levels from here because he is just salty AF. Like, I... Like, I, you're playing a Marvel vil- villain now, a Marvel anti- anti-hero, whatever the frick Morbius is now. Like, why do you care? Like, the, the like... Right. I, I, granted, this probably happened before he was cast I, as Morbius, but, like, at the same time, you... Like, the fact that this has come back up, and, like, it, it, it just... It frustrates my soul. <laughs> and I've also heard other accounts. I remember I read an article a while back when Suicide Squad was still, like, in the theaters and stuff, that he was like trying to fully immerse himself in the role as the Joker and was doing real like jackass things like sending people dead pigs and shit. Dead animals. Like said people use condoms and I'm like, bruh. Mm-hmm. Yo, and I, mean, thing, I, I get... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that um, just ahead of Suicide Squad or, you know, around the time of its release, Margot Robbie hosted SNL. Uh-huh. And she even makes a joke about that in her monologue mm. because she's quote unquote fact checking her monologue. And, you know, she makes a comment about the fact that Jared Leto stayed in character the whole time. And, you know, she talks about how awkward and terrible it was. Why do you think so... Birds of Prey is being made the way it is that she wants nothing to do with Jared Leto's Joker? Like, she wanted to Aww. annex herself away from this man. Probably because he was being real weird. If he never got out of character and Harley's on the set, then, you know, I don't, I don't have to say anymore. Really, I don't. Like, and so I don't understand why he's so like, oh my god, I'm the best Joker around. Like, so... <clears throat> He wants to be known as the Joker that got a Harley in the movie that was also a shithead and treated Harley like Joker treats Harley off the set in real life because he couldn't get out of character. I can understand how that would be a nightmare for someone like Margot Robbie. Every time you run into him, he's going to be weird and awkward. And maybe borderline just, you know, just out of line. Cause that's how the heat, that's how Joker and is. Like there was even a, a t- like a tweet that said, "Hopefully this helps get uh, Morbius canceled." And I'm like, "Please do!" Like, w- not only is Morbius the living vampire getting his own movie a stupid concept, but you're screwing over Tyrese. And as much as I think Tyrese needs to like 
just crawl back to Vin Diesel with with with, with tears in his eyes and say, "Take me back for leaving you." Um, like, <laughs> like I well, great. I think he's still in the new Fast movie, but at the same time, it's like you're you're leaving like your money ticket to the rest of your life on the sidelines <laughs> just because you were so desperate to play a superhero and DC wouldn't let you play Green Lantern. So like you went to to, to Sony and they're like, "We'll make you. We'll put you in a superhero movie." Where you're playing a cop in a anti-hero side character for Spider-Man. Oh my god! Like I'm sorry. He's Tyrese. just crawling back up. Oh, he's just crawling back up. Vin Diesel up to his ear. He checked those teeth. <laughs> 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 oh, uh, Mary's probably like, what? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I. I... <clears throat> I get everybody has their favorite characters, and I try not to, you know, shit on that. But who asked for this? <laughs> like, <laughs> if you want a vampire superhero movie, just watch fucking Blade. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. But- and it's not even like the comics have been using Morbius all that much recently. Oh, like. And I mean, like, I feel like we could take Jared Leto as a vampire and put it in, like, an interview with the vampire remake, and I would be just Honestly, as there's a good chance that he is one, okay? Like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the, 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 there's a. You've gotten two good good roasts of the night. You've gotten a Liefeld roast and a Leto roast. There, 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 there's your enjoyment of the evening, folks. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this show for you. <laughs> uh, before we do, uh, we're going to give our recommendations for books that you can pick up at your comic shop this Wednesday uh, that, are, that are coming out. Because like, we post this show on Mondays. That way you know what books are coming out. And you can uh, like, check that out at your local comic book shop. So, Travis, what is a book that you want to recommend to the lovely people? Uh, Batman Curse of the White Knight number four. Okay, why is that? And okay, is that? I, I, the reason why I recommend it is because Babs is coming out strong. She's a part of the GCPD and she's wearing a cowl. So I'm confused, intrigued, and I really want to see her stab a few people, <laughs> if I'm being honest. All right. Mary, what is your recommendation for, the, for this coming week? Um, I'm going to have to say uh, Wonder Woman number 81. Uh, Wilson, her run started off really pretty slow. But it has picked up, and it, it's really become something interesting. And I like uh, the way she writes Veronica Kale. So, you know, if you like Cheetah, Veronica Kale, anything like that, I, I think it's a run definitely worth checking out. And I'm excited to read the next issue. All right, all right. And then I'm going to go ahead and give two recommendations because I don't, I don't, I don't want this to seem like we're just going to recommend DC books and be done. I am going, yeah. I'm going to, uh, to stick my, my, my feather in the cap of Marauders number one for a few reasons. Um, more, I, 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 I know, I know when we were, we were, we were talking about this relaunch of books from, for, for the, the, the dawn of X, I said this would be, would be one of the first books canceled. And I, I still think it will be, but I want it to succeed because the idea of Kitty Pride getting a second chance at leader after, uh, Mark Guggenheim kind of just shot her in the foot multiple times while she was leading X-Men gold. I, I, I think. The, the the ability for her to get another shot in some capacity is kind of nice. Also, this book has the only two black X Men on the team. Um, 
so there's that. Uh, also, Iceman, love me some Iceman. And, like, also this whole thing of, like, the Hellfire Club trying to, like, surround Kitty in this team is kind of interesting. And I'm excited to see where this team goes. So there's that. My other recommendation, let's go back to DC for a second. Uh, my other recommendation is going to have to be, where did it go? Freedom Fighters. Where did it, I don't know that. It was a number, number 11. I don't know. Where did it go? Yeah, free, oh, no, number, number 10. Freedom Fighters number 10 is releasing this Wednesday. I, if anyone who knows me knows that I love old things like Freedom Fighters, All-Star Squadron, um, JSA, I love the idea, the, the idea of legacy. And when Scott Snyder and James Tynan brought back the Justice Society recently in Justice League, my heart was just, oh, oh. And I need me a JSA book ASAP, folks. Let's get on that, please. Um, but no, in the meantime, this 12-issue miniseries has been coming out from DC, like, with the Freedom Fighters in Earth-X has been very good. I think everyone should be reading it. It's been, like, one of, the, one of those side books on my pull list that I've been loving. So I think everyone should be picking it up and checking it out. It's like a two more, uh, two more issues left, and then I'll be collected in graphic novel tr- slash trade format for everyone to enjoy. But still, pick up the single issues and support, and support the release. So we'll go ahead and wrap up the show for you folks. Uh, don't forget to check out this podcast out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, wherever you can get a podcast on, on any platform besides SoundCloud because we don't like SoundCloud. And uh, you can check us out each and every week. And we post a new episode. And don't forget that you can follow us on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast. And you can uh, follow the website on Comics Ground on Twitter and Instagram at on Comics Ground. And you can check out the website on commonsground.com. Put some hyphens between those words for us uh, and check out all of our new reviews, previews, and opinion pieces on the latest comic books. So we're going to go ahead and shut down this episode. Uh, but before we do, uh, Mary, what is your closing statement for this episode of Panel to Panel? I said so many things that are going to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I said so many things that are going to get me in trouble. You want to say one more before we go? Oh, God, what can I say that's going to get me in trouble? Um, do, to do, to do, do, do. I think, okay, here we go. Oh, dear. Okay. Bomb drop! I think all, all of the people who are obsessed with Jared Leto's Joker and all of Reifel, Le, Rob Liefeld's artwork and all of the racist fucks surrounding Catwoman can all just get in a boat and go sink in the middle of the ocean. All right, all right, all right. Travis, what is your closing statement for this episode of Panel to Panel? Where'd Travis go? Travis? Travis, come back. Okay, I figured it out. (laughs) Don't let people sell you the hype, man. Catwoman was black longer than most of the people complaining about it have been alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was some some powerful words you had there, sir. All right, and then my closing statement, as always, is support your local comic book shop. We need to keep uh, these books alive. We love this industry. We want to see it grow, and we will catch you folks next time right here on Panel to Panel. Peace out. Peace out.